Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Robinson Rolf's podcast, Having a Natter. With me, as always, this week is Samuel. I've just reached the two-year mark, so you can't sack me, at least not fairly, or I'll go to a tribunal and I will sue you and bring the entire firm down to Higgins. Yeah, <laughs> Dave still hasn't quite reached the two-year mark, so I can't actually give it a movie that displeases me. Um, Silito. And, and also joining us for her um, first appearance, and, and I, I can tell you, um, audience, she is every bit as excited as being here as you are listening to this. It's Jane. Just leave me out of it, please. Wrap in. Woo-hoo. So, welcome, Jane. Can't wait to get started. Now, you've obviously started. Been, this, is, this is it. It's actually <laughs> happening. So, you've, you've obviously listened to us on the on the old um, podcast. Probably a massive fan, I'd have thought, are you, Jane? Yeah, I've never missed an episode. What can I say? It's yeah, the yeah, best yeah. Podcast. And, I mean, Which just, is your just... favourite episode, Jane? Yep. Good question, Dave. Ooh, uh, the last one. Oh. Yeah. What did you like about the last one? What did you like about the last one the best? The coconuts. The coconuts, oh. yeah. No, oh, she's That's actually good. done her research. She has actually done her research by listening to one podcast. Important question, though, here, Jane. Who is the who is the most enlightening, or should I say, your favourite member? Great question, the, Sam. Of the question. previous incarnation of the podcast. Yeah. I have actually listened to more than one episode and I would have to say that the person that kind of brings it all together and anchors it in reality has got to be, well, yeah. you, Sam. Thank what? you. I thought as much. I thought, Sorry, well, you, might have, you might not have realised um, <laughs> that I was included in that. So um, what happens if I throw my hat into the ring, Jane? Just to be clear, I think you mis- mispronounced uh, Simon there, haven't you? You said Sam. <laughs> did, you, did you mean to do that? I mean, I'll tell, yeah. tell you what we don't like on this show. Howard, somebody who doesn't doesn't make a decision. So um, you've you've let you've let yourself points lost. Points lost. Just follow on further. Is somebody typing? No, you could hear a a small child trying to open some jelly babies, but I've sent him from the room. Ah, fair enough. My favourite sweets, and apparently they don't make them anymore. Tutti frutti's. I I always thought just tutti frutti was a song. I didn't actually realise it was a sweet as well. No, it's not. It's called tutti frutti's plural. You don't just get one. Anyway, they don't make them anymore. So you're right. Jelly babies are the driving suite when you're in the car with the kids. You can decide whether to eat their head or their feet first. I usually go with the feet. The children are the jelly babies. <laughs> well, you want to save the jelly babies, obviously, for when you really need them. So you just eat any children in the car first. Yeah, I think that makes sense. You would have to actually pull over them and get the kids out of the boot, wouldn't you, to eat them? Yeah, true, true. <laughs> and what's your favourite driving suite, Jane? The world wants to know. And by the world, I mean... That one bloke that listens to this. It's got to be wine gums for me, I think. They've got just a little bit of bite. So they're, they're not, good, they're not they, too yeah. soft, but they're not too hard. And they're not you know they're not actually alcoholic, they're... Jane. Oh, no, that's sad. <laughs> and what about <laughs> you, Sam? Claret. <laughs> are you Are you a fruit pastel man? Tic Tacs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, Tic-tacs. that's not a sweet. They're like the the least exciting sweet. It's not even sweet. No, I'm I'm sorry. The the green and the orange ones. That taste sensation yeah. when you shove about twenty of them in a mungo. Absolutely incredible. It's not as good as one jelly baby. That's like saying a digestive is your favourite biscuit. Well, when you well when you're next in my car, I will have an assortment of sweets. But um, I'll be I'll be glad to know that my Tic Tacs will remain untouched. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, have we got a case to review by any chance? <laughs> okay. So, 
anyway, let's get on with the case. So the, the case where... Um, <laughs> The case, the case we're reviewing today is a case of called Hammond versus, is it Renew UK Services Limited? Renewy, I think. Renewy. E-W-I, Renewy UK Services Limited. Fantastic. This was the claimant who failed the drugs test. He'd been taking cannabis, had he? That's right. It's only a tribunal case, so we just should point out for anyone who's listening to this, I'm panicked that this sets some kind of precedent. Tribunal judgments don't set precedents. They are at best merely persuasive. Who, who's going who's gonna to talk to us about the, the, the case? I don't mind doing it. Well, thank yeah. you very much, Dave. I'll, I'll, I'll take you up on that if you don't mind. Okay, cool. Brilliant. So the case is Pament against Renewy UK Services Limited. The claimant was a recycling worker at the company. Failed a drugs test, which revealed he had cannabis in his system. Uh, the company dismissed him for gross misconduct on the basis that he posed a safety risk because he was under the influence. The company said the decision to dismiss for gross misconduct was justified since part of his role was to drive vehicles. He said, the claimant said that he took cannabis to help with severe and chronic back pain, that the company had failed to follow its policies to help people with an issue with alcohol or drugs, which should have led them to help him, not dismiss him, after 12 years of service. He also told the tribunal that he used the drug to help him sleep, that it helped him to return to work after being off sick, and it hadn't affected his performance. The tribunal, when giving its judgment, said his motivation was not hedonistic. If it was, he would have been listening to this podcast, obviously. The tribunal didn't say that, that's my commentary. What is undoubted is that the claimant's back problem was entirely genuine. He had frequent visits to the doctor, he was given various different medications. And um, none seemed to work for him. The claimant had given an entirely credible reason why he took the cannabis. He was not a recreational user. And there'd been no incidents of poor performance, no concerns raised him about his work. And the tribunal felt that no account was taken of genuine reason taking the cannabis or his long unblemished service. Sorry, Dave, can I ask you a question? Was Was the cannabis, and I don't know if it is, if this happens... Um, but was the cannabis medically subscribed or prescribed or whatever they do, or was it taken illegally? What do we know? It says in the judgment that he bought it from a friend. And going back to one of the points you just made there where you were telling us a bit about the judgment, Dave, I, it's, the, it's where they say genuine reason for taking the cannabis. I fail to understand how that can have any relevance. If you, know, if you have a genuine reason for taking an illegal substance that impairs your cognitive function... Well, I think wasn't that part of the issue with the tribunal? There was actually no evidence that, that it had affected his performance. Maybe, maybe it had, and you could speculate that inevitably it would have, but that would be pure speculation, wouldn't it? The respondent hadn't um, looked at that issue and, and considered it and, and, and said, actually, we find that there is an issue with your performance. Um, and, and therefore, we're concluding that it's the cannabis and we're therefore going to dis- dismiss you. Presumably they couldn't do that because they hadn't had a word with him about his performance before. I, I think part of it was that their policy didn't say, if you fail a drugs test, that will automatically be regarded as gross misconduct because I've, you'll have illegal substances in your system. Their uh, policy said um, that we will consider whether or not this is something that we need to provide you with support um, for. And and, and they, they didn't do that. And, you know, given that, this is a claimant who, who wasn't saying that I'm addicted to cannabis. It wasn't recreational. That's what the tribunal um, found. 
yes, he was using it in a legal substance, but um, the substance itself is legal in some circumstances, isn't it? And I think that's that's probably an important consideration. Yes, he bought it illegally, um, but he was using it for, for medicinal purposes, albeit self-diagnosed and self-prescribed. But I think the key point is the company's policy said it would consider whether or not they support people. And they, they just they didn't. They just they sacked him um, on the basis that simply failing the drugs test itself was was gross misconduct. Interesting listening to you speak about it, Dave, because you're speaking about it in a really compassionate way, where on, on, on social media, when I posted this, there were so many people who were, were angry about it because it was an, a, an illegal substance and they couldn't get past that. In the podcast we put out last week, there was a consideration and we spoke about how um, all the circumstances had not been considered. Now, I get people's I get people's positions on, you know, the use of cannabis, whether it should be illegal, legal, that kind of thing. It's just an obvious example to me of, you know, not not considering the whole picture. So, Jane, you were saying you've got some strong opinions on this case. Have you expressed them all? Uh, To my mind, you can't have somebody with such a high amount of cannabis in their bloodstream, which isn't prescribed that they're that that they're using without letting their employer know, putting the public at risk and putting fellow colleagues at risk. I, I think that's unconscionable behaviour. And, you know, that, to my mind, carry, would carry much more weight than the fact that it's got an unblemished record. Yeah. But I suppose you've got to, uh, I mean, an employer in this situation has got to back that, back that up. And here, um, yeah. the, the employer relied on health and safety issues um, yeah. without any evidence to support that. So, yeah, absolutely, to run the procedure again, it may be yeah. that there could be some investigations done um, that would that would support that conclusion. Um, but if you're going to, I suppose, the lesson for the, for the employer, or one of the lessons from this case, is that um, if you are going to include an assertion in... Um, a a, a dismissal letter is justifying that dismissal um, then you've got to have a reasonable basis for that assertion it wouldn't simply be a reasonable basis for a finding that um, he's failed a drugs test yeah absolutely but that wasn't the sole reason for dismissal it was then the, the finding that that posed a health and safety risk and there was no reasonable basis for for that and also if your policy says you know if you're if you're, I mean, I've got a friend who, who works um, for a, a company that, that um, sort of builds and develops roads. So they're working with heavy machinery, the operatives, uh, and the operatives um, are drugs tested. And if they fail a drugs test, they are dismissed. But that is company policy. And that is clearly stated, whereas here that was not a clearly stated company policy. And I think the difficulty is on the case that was presented to the tribunal, it's limited. They can't, they can't say, I suppose different argument being presented we would have found this i mean it's it, it'll be interesting to see whether the employer appeals because it was how much how much damages was it uh, we don't know yeah i think the remedy is yet to be decided isn't it oh, uh, let's do it so that that will probably involve inform it so if they can settle for a relatively low amount that's less than a cost of appeal most pragmatic businesses will settle unless there's a principal at stake yeah um, I wonder if the points that you're making, Jane, would be certainly relevant to uh, to a contributory conduct argument yeah. as well. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Robinson Ralph's uh, podcast. Um, 
it's been exactly what we all expected it would be. Um, Jane, did you enjoy your first appearance? Absolutely loved it. More than life itself, what can I say? Thank you. Fantastic. I would say you upped the level tenfold, Jane. It was excellent. <laughs> yeah, we've now gone from 0.1 to 1 out of 10. Sam, obviously you've enjoyed yourself. Mm, as always. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, thank you so much. And um, I am joyous. And um, just to the people who um, listen to this show, in the words of the late, great, it's not late, is it, I suppose, he's great, but definitely not dead, Ted Lasso, <laughs> um, I, I would say we appreciate you. Again, just to clarify, Ted Lasso isn't dead. Or alive, he's a fictional character. Is that the le- that's the lesson from this podcast, isn't it, that Ted Lasso isn't dead? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See you next week. See ya. Bye, everyone. Bye.